Hey everyone, and welcome back to the newest edition of the Swoop Radio Station here. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez. And man, I know lately I've been doing a lot of interviews. I've interviewed a couple people from Louisiana. I've also interviewed someone from New Jersey. But um, Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez is going to do a strictly on-air podcast, going to talk about sports, and I'm also going to talk about a mental health topic for today. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened this week. We have March Madness, Mike Trout, Ichiro Suzuki, and Rob Gronkowski. All the news, all today on Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. So we're going to start with Mike Trout, of course. Mike Trout gets paid. He got a 12-year, $430 million extension, right around $430 million. He actually had... 427 million, but I always like to round up to 430 million. Why not, right? But anyway, what the Angels get out of Mike Trout? Obviously, he's been an Angel already for eight years now. He's won two MVPs. He's he's finished in the top two for the AL MVP voting in five of his eight years with the Angels. He is a seven-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slug Award winner. He is he has a war of above 64. And for all my viewers that do not know baseball like that, war is probably the most important stat for a baseball player to have. And the fact that his war is already at a, is already above a 64 compared and he's only 26 years old, imagine what his war is going to be by the end of his career. He is going to be one he's going to have one of the highest wars. And what a war is is it's it's a statistics at that what it stands for, my fault, is wins above replacement. And what that means is your overall value to the position the, in the game you play. Obviously, we know in baseball there's nine positions. And what war calculates is your offensive production, your defensive production, your your five tool players, your arm, your strength, your, your speed, your agility, everything. It accumulates everything you have done in your career offensively and defensively in the game and it shows your impact on the game and the fact that Mike Trout has accumulated over 64 wins in his career as just one player a baseball season's 162 games folks like that is remarkable and he's only 20 he's only 26 years old but that's what the Angels get he is an angel for life by the time his contract is done he will be 38 years old and by then, usually baseball players retire unless you're Bartolo Colon. That's that he hit a home run last year. So, anyway, transitioning to another baseball player, Ichiro Suzuki. Everyone knows him as he was a hitting machine. He has the record for most hits in a season with over 260. He had exactly 262 hits in one season. That is an MLB record, and that record's going to stand. For, for years. No one is going to top 262 total hits. But Ichiro Suzuki is one of the best players of all time. And he is obviously, he is, he is well known. He is, again, one of the best. He is a Seattle Mariner. He won an MVP, 10-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year. He had over 3,000 hits. And the scary thing is, he only he started playing when he was 27 years old. He was only 27 years old when he started playing and now he ended up retiring literally just over the past, over this past weekend. He is he's at 44 years old. Um 
and he retired in Tokyo, Japan. And that's where he was from. That's his hometown, Japan. So the fact that he retires where he started the game, that is remarkable. And again, he's 45 years old. His his career war was 59.4. And he had a career batting average of over 311. Again, one of the best hitters in the game. And in his prime, he was an absolute sensation. And he won he won MVP when he was 27 years old. He is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-time gold glove award winner, three-time silver slugger, and eleven-time all-star. That is Ichiro Suzuki is going or ten-time all-star, my fault. He is going to be a Hall of Famer, and his jersey better be retired in the Seattle Mariners because no one else has made a big impact as a wearing the Seattle Mariner jersey. Speaking of another retirement. Rob Gronkowski from the New England Patriots. This just in breaking news earlier today. Yes, I'm recording Sunday night, but this recording will be on air for Monday morning. Um, but um, Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement from the NFL. And I mean, I kind of saw this coming because Rob Gronkowski has had so many injuries. He's had two ACL. He's had two ACL tears. He's had back problems. He, when he's on the field, Rob Gronkowski is one of the best tight ends of all time. He is a four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl, three-time Super Bowl champ. He has 79 career touchdowns in just 115 games. He had a career 521 receptions for 7,861 yards. And again, what, what just happened with him is just careers, just injuries just affecting his career. 2016, he only played six games. 2013, he only played six games. And when when you when you play in a game as violent and as physical as football, injuries play a toll, pay a toll on your body. And Rob Gronkowski is just one of those players that, if he was healthy, he would probably be like the one of the best tight ends of all time. In fact, he's already one of the best tight ends in this modern day era. And the fact that he's only played 115 games shows for it. But it, it the Patriots are gonna miss him a lot. But we all we all we all saw this coming though. I, I'm not gonna lie, we all saw this coming. But he was a first team all pro in 2011, 2012, 2014, 2015, and in 2017. So Rob Gronkowski, I hope you enjoy your retirement. Keep dancing on in the clubs and dancing all over the place. He's won three rings. I know, I know he didn't, I know he was hurt in one of the years the Patriots won the Super Bowl. But Rob Gronkowski, one of the best to do it. He announced his retirement. Ichiro also retires. The sporting world had a lot of news. But obviously, the last topic I'm going to talk about for sports-wise is obviously March Madness because we all know this time of year, March Madness is just crazy. There's, I believe there's only like one or two perfect brackets left. I know my brackets lost once Marquette lost. I was so mad at Marquette. But my best bracket right now, I'm not going to brag or anything, but I'm at 85%, and that is my best bracket. Um, I have Duke winning it all, even though Duke had a scare. UCF should have won the game. You want to talk about a game of inches? The basketball literally rolled in and out, and that's the difference between winning and losing in this game. But um, what do you guys think about March Madness so far? What do you guys think about the retirements? What do you guys think about Mike Trout's contract? I know as a Philly fan, I'm kind of upset because I wanted to see the Harper-Trout combination in Philadelphia. Trout loves Philly. 
He's been around the Philadelphia area. He literally goes to Eagles games all the time. It would have been awesome seeing him there. But um, next topic, I'm going to transition to a mental health topic of the day. Um, it's going to be a good one. I hope you guys stick around. And also, to all my high schoolers, people that are about to get married, prom, prom season, married season, whatever season, you guys can check out uh, Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez's new partnership with the Black Tux. All I got to do is click on the link in my bio. There's an automatic link in my bio all the time. But for all my prom seasons, you guys win for those tuxedos. You guys got to look good for your dates, uh, especially for them husbands out there. You got to look good for your woman. Go to the Black Tux, get your tuxedo, get your suit. Link is in my bio. But you guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on the Anchor app. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Hope you guys have a wonderful night. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the second and mental health topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier, I talked about Etrio. I also talked about Gronk retiring, and I also talked about Mike Trout finally getting paid. But now we're going to transition to the mental health topic of today's show, and I'm going to talk about the concept of why children struggle with math today. Uh, I, w- I will explain in greater detail how how math leads to mental health. Um, so first, in math class, right before we get started with all this, in math class. Unlike reading, unlike any other subject, math is a subject where it puts a lot of pressure on students, more specifically being right or being wrong. And that's how math has always been taught in elementary school, middle school, high school, and in college. And depending on your professor, depending on your teacher, uh, teacher's influence can really shape up how people view math. Um, I read a whole... Uh, article about this and it's really astonishing I just remember some of my teachers I'm lucky enough to have an amazing college professor that has changed the way how I view math but um a lot of people just view math as is either you're right or you're wrong and this puts a lot of pressure on students because and it also gives them a lack of confidence and a lack of self-esteem because again it's either you're right or you're wrong and there's no in between and I've had professors that really drilled me hard or I had teachers that really drilled me hard that it's either you're right or you're wrong. And they don't really explain like the real life ties to mathematics, because for those who do not know mathematics, mathematics has a deeper meaning. And we look at life, there's all these patterns and the way how we design things. That's all mathematics. And in school, we're not taught that. We're, we're taught that in math, it's about numbers and you're being either right or you're wrong. And there's no in between. And that, again, causes students to really doubt themselves. And that's why a lot of students struggle with math and also the testing process of math as well. I know I know in school I was at least tested once a year in math and in reading based off of my skills. And that was a lot of pressure and all these testing centers. And, and just because a test can decide a person on how smart they are and how much they atta- attain knowledge. It's just blasphemous to me, and it's completely ridiculous, and I just believe that the education system needs to focus on building confidence in students, regardless if they're right or wrong, building that confidence and putting in less pressure for students, and mathematics could be the first subject that could change that.
But obviously, back to my talk about mathematics, there's this something called the golden ratio. And for those who do not know what the golden ratio is, the golden ratio is about 1.618. And it's just pretty much a pattern in life. Animals show this, humans show this. It starts off with two people, one and one. You add the number, then it's two. Then they have people. Now it's three. Then it's five. Then it's all. Then it's eventually the numbers increase to about you get a ratio about one point uh, six to one, and that is the golden ratio. And that and the golden ratio can be applied with anything in nature, with animals, with species, with humans, and it just shows you that that's a real life problem or not problem, but that's a real life real life scenario that mathematics can be applied to and in school we're so focused on numbers and understanding algebra and understanding all this stuff but adding that real life tie will go a big way to for helping people to understand like what is the purpose of math and again a teacher teacher's influence is so critical and so huge in the student life and 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 in students minds because I am I used to love math and then I had some bumpy roads in middle school and high school. Uh, I don't really like math like that. But again, my professor is, is showing us that the mathematics that we're using is applied to real life for surveys, for understanding data and understanding everything. That's the power of statistics and being able to choose people out of surveys and based off of test scores and everything like that. That is a huge uh, term that mathematics that we can apply to the real to the real world and that's what I'm getting at is applying what you're learning to the real world I feel like all the times when I took trigonometry or I took algebra or calculus I did not see myself using this in the real world what I saw myself using was like financial um, financial adding long division um, stuff like that that I can apply and use in my everyday life I don't need to worry about calculus and numbers and stuff like that unless i'm going to school for it i don't really need it in the real world but that's what teachers need to focus on is giving students confidence giving students leeway on homework instead of drilling them down with you got to do these specific problems and this is the right or wrong answer and if you're wrong and you got to figure it out giving give them that confidence and give them that space for them to grow and improve and don't and don't critique them so hard because they're right or wrong because if you do that again students confidence goes down a student starts to doubt themselves mentally can i do this or not and that's why we see so many people struggle with math especially with females and with males as as, as a whole because in society we're always taught men are better at math women are better in reading when that's not the case anyone can achieve anything it's just society is, is, is trying to put like this barrier. And I forget this, this, the study that was taking place, but students were, were given an exam and the professor, all the professor said was, um, women, you guys are not as good as men in this. So I'm expecting lower scores. The women got lower test scores compared to the other women that the professor said that everyone do everyone's going to do great on this test i believe in every one of you guys and again just that just the wording of this sentence in the format will go a long way with giving students the the ability and the the power for them and the confidence in them to to make them believe that they can achieve anything and they can ace that test or they can ace that
Another thing about math that I just really realized is like we would take tests in the beginning of the year and, and, that, and that test would go a long way towards your big grade in your first marking period. And I remember I got a 28 on a math test because you know how it is in summer. Like you go out, you have fun with friends. You're not worrying about math. And the second I came in to, uh, to pre-calc and I took that test, I got a 28. And I ended up with my first ever D for the marking period. And that was all because of that one test. I got an A and everything else. But because of that one test, I got a D for the marking period. But again, instilling confidence in students, giving them a subject to believe. I believe this is a more problem in math versus reading. Reading, there's always up for discovery and to have your own interpretation on what you, and what on what you believe in. Poetry is amazing with that. Mathematics needs to get to that point. And, they, and, and it starts with the education system. And instead of focusing on testing, they should focus on instilling confidence in, in the kids and giving them a sense of them getting their own interpretation on math in the world. But what do you guys think? Feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion. You can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on the Anchor app. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Get your tux as well. I know it's prom season at the Black Tux. Link is in my bio for more information. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop!